0: Look how cute he is. So, Todd, let me get this straight. You're making cat videos for Hulu? Yep. With a cat named Mr. Hulu Has Live Sports? The hottest cat influencer on Instagram. Cat influencer? He's crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I know. He already has a ton of followers. He's verified? How much are they paying you for this? Me? Nothing. But him? Hulu Has Live Sports. Morning. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your host, Addison, man. Welcome to a brand new edition of From the Jump. But this ain't just any old edition of From the Jump. And I need you to do me a huge favor right now turn your speaker all the way up. Don't have me on low. Turn me all the way up. Turn your headphones up so you can hear me. Man, this is episode 100 of From the Jump, man. We are 100 episodes, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody that's been streaming the podcast, everybody that's been sharing it, everybody that's just been listening. However, you have been consuming this podcast, man. I want to say thank you. We 100 episodes, and this was an idea that started in 2018 in Los Angeles, California, at a Fox Sports internship that has turned into a, a full, in, you know, full-on podcast at this point. And of course, we're slowly but surely getting sponsors. I'm really looking for a co-host right now, so if you're interested, definitely you know hit me up on the socials at Addison Speaks. I'm, you know, I'm saying I definitely, you know, contact everybody. I'm definitely running, you know, resumes, that kind of deal right now. So definitely, like I said, definitely tap in with me and, you know, we definitely can make something happen. But of course, we got a big podcast today because, you know, we got to talk about the AFC, the NFC. You know, we got to talk about it. You know, I got to talk Odell Beckham because I didn't get to talk about it. And we'll talk about LeBron James and Bronny Jr. Listen up from the jump. But, of course, I'd be wrong if I started off today's show and I didn't acknowledge Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Of course, yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, a day in which we typically, you know, around the United States and, of course, around the world, kind of commemorate Dr. Martin Luther King's life and his legacy and what he stood for and what he was able to push for in this country. Again, you know, of course, he was taken at such an early age. But again, the things that he was able to do while he was on this earth was very impactful for African-Americans First and foremost, but also for, you know, equal rights for everybody, all races and all colors, because that was his ultimate vision was for that everybody could play together, not just black and white. Right. But the Asian and everybody to be together. So, again, you know, we want to show a lot of love and respect for Martin Luther King and all the other civil rights leaders and activists that fought front line, you know, for African-Americans today to have those and everybody to kind of have those equal rights if you will, and also one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. was always, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So again, like I said, we also want to show our love and appreciation for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But of course, you know, we got to dive right straight on into it because Sunday was a, a AFC, NFC championship game Sunday. And one game we saw a, a ass whooping. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sorry, mama. And on the other game, we saw a team really dominate another football team. And again, that's the game we will start with, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC's football side. And I believe wholeheartedly had Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to just say this now, had Patrick Mahomes not got hurt those four games, and of course, as always, shoulda, coulda, woulda, I believe he would have been neck and neck with Lamar Jackson for that MVP. Because, I mean, this, this game he put on Sunday, when it mattered the most, when he needed it the most, he had the best out of Patrick Mahomes, and that's Andy Reid. And we'll get into Andy Reid here in a little bit, but... Patrick Mahomes on Sunday was was brilliant. 23 for 35, 294 yards, three touchdowns, and he had that nasty run. I mean that that when he scored that touchdown run, when he had that that touchdown run when nobody was open, then he broke it on the sideline, he gave God a head fake and scored. I said, oh, game over. It was 17 to 14 at that point, and that was when they showed the clip of Mike Vrabel on the screen, just confused, like I just got Lamar Jacksoned by Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes typically doesn't do that. You typically don't see that from a Patrick Mahomes on a play-in, play-out possession. Patrick Mahomes is a pass-first kind of guy. Not saying that he can't get out the pocket and move, because he can. He's elusive. Not the fastest guy on the field, but don't don't fool yourself now. So, again, as I said, when he had that run, I said, oh, this is game over. And, again, Ryan Tannehill on the other side, I mean, I, I didn't feel like he played bad. I mean, he was 21 for 31, 209 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, if you ask me, that's not a bad game. I, that's just not a bad game. I feel like Derrick Henry should have had more carries. I mean, 19 carries. For 69 yards, he did get a touchdown, but I mean, what is that worth, right? He had 30-plus carries. 23. Like, like We needed more carries from Derrick Henry on Sunday, and I thought Tennessee got away from their game plan. But like, I'll just start off with Kansas City first. Kansas City flexed their offensive muscles, and they kind of have really been this way really since they got down 24-0 to against the Houston Texans. Ever since that moment happened against Houston where they got down and they had to come back, from that moment on, this Kansas City football team has looked like a Super Bowl team, a team on a mission. Really since Patrick Mahomes has come back from that knee injury. Remember when he got hurt and he wanted to come back literally like the next day? And they was like, yo, bro, you gotta chill. You gotta at least rest. You gotta at least treatment. You gotta at least like he wanted to come back the literally the next game. That's how bad Patrick Mahomes wanted to play. And we called Andy Reid out on that play when he ran that quarterback sneak with Patrick Mahomes, which was a fluke play, right? Like he ran a quarterback sneak and he hurt his knee. I mean, are are you serious? So, again, as I said, the Kansas City Chiefs from that Houston, Texas moment have been on fire, man. And, by the way, this Kansas City Chiefs defense, this Kansas City Chiefs defense stood up for the past three, four weeks. Derrick Henry has been the big dog around the NFL, running through everybody. Remember when Tajay Sharp was like big trust and he was mocking the Ravens a couple weeks back? I mean, Derrick Henry, as much as, you know, we showed him praise and love, Sunday he didn't bring it. Now, partially, he didn't get the ball enough. I felt like they should have had him anywhere between 27 to 32 carries. Anywhere between 27 and 32 carries, easy in the AFC Championship football game. The recipe worked before. The recipe worked before, and, and I believe the Titans' formula that they were ultimately hoping for, which was get up 17 points. So they had got 10. They got 10 early. And I feel like had they got up 17, that game would have been different on Sunday. Not saying the Chiefs wouldn't have came back because we saw them come back against the Houston Texans. But what I know what would have happened in Tennessee in that football game is they would have ran the ball. And they would have ran the ball, keeping the ball away ultimately from Patrick Mahomes. But it just didn't go like that. But Kansas City, as I said, that defense stood up in the second half, only gave up one touchdown. As I said, man, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, were really, like I said, prior to Mahomes getting hurt with one of the best teams in the AFC, have kind of, like I said, really been neck and neck with everybody else. And, and, Had Patrick Mahomes not got hurt those first four games or those four games, that little gap where Matt Moore had to start for the Kansas City Chiefs, he would have been right there with Lamar Jackson. Of course, Lamar Jackson ran away with it this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, he he put on a hell of a show. And Super Bowl 54 is going to be nothing short of that because, you know, kind of switching sides, they're going to have to go against a great defense. But, of course, switching over to the defense, they're going to have to play on Super Bowl Sunday. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Whew, them boys in the Bay. gang! Shout out to E40, but the San Francisco 49ers blitz the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, 37 to 20. Jimmy Garoppolo was six for eight, again six for eight. He only threw eight passes on Sunday, 77 yards and zero touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers was 31 for 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert, one of that running backs in that running back stable that Kyle Shanahan has, and Tevin Coleman, Matt Burita. of course Kyle Buscheck. I mean this. Complete football team, 29 carries for 220 yards, and he had four touchdowns. He had 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns. And again, from the very beginning, the Packers were overwhelmed. The first time we played them, we know it was 37-8 to eight ass whooping. And I said in that game, I remember coming on air after that game happened, and I said, Woo, the Green Bay Packers don't want to see them in the playoffs because this Green Bay offense is not good. This Green Bay defense, while it is okay, they were able to generate some pass rush. For you to give up 220 yards and four touchdowns to one player, shame on you. Shame on you. And again, the Packers, as I said, were overwhelmed from the very beginning. I didn't feel like all year this offense was really good. I didn't really feel like all year this team was really good. I just felt like a lot of teams had bad starts, like the Atlanta Falcons. It was a couple teams that kind of had bad starts that ultimately ended up catching up in the end. But this Green Bay football team was not good this year. And it showed on NFC Championship Sunday. We've seen Green Bay show better performances than this. And they just did not show up on Sunday. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to just be honest about it, as much as I like Aaron Rodgers, I ain't the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. Again, I like Aaron Rodgers. I can tolerate Aaron Rodgers. If he's on television, I'll watch Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers just does not possess the desire to win. He does not possess the desire to win. And what I mean by that is, prime example. You saw the game on Sunday with Patrick Mahomes, right, when he played Tennessee, and he had that touchdown run. He got up and he flexed his muscles, and he was, ah, let's go. That sheer desire to win when they were down 24-0, that defense couldn't have bring them back. The only person that could have brought them back from that 24-0 deficit against Houston was Patrick Mahomes. You saw that excitement that he had. Aaron Rodgers doesn't possess that. He'll throw a ball at a receiver, and he just rolls his eyes, or throw an interception, and he has this look of despair on his face. And it's every single time with Aaron Rodgers that he does this. And again, it's okay. Everybody doesn't possess it. I personally don't feel like LeBron possesses it. And again, we'll get into him a little bit later on the show. But I don't feel like LeBron possesses that just killer instinct to win. He's shown moments and flashes. But we've also seen moments and times in which he's given the ball to Kyle Korver. I'm just saying. But as I said, Aaron Rodgers doesn't possess the desire to win. And as a result... His team is only going to go as far as Aaron Rodgers goes. I'm tired of the excuses he doesn't have weapons. He had Aaron Jones. He had Aaron Jones. He has Devontae Adams. He had Jimmy Graham this year. I mean, how many more weapons do you need? He's in a division that he could typically win every single year. Minnesota's going to be up and down. Green Bay, we know what they're going to be. If Aaron Rodgers plays well, they're going to make the playoffs. Chicago, they're handicapped. Mitchell Trubisky is their quarterback. And Detroit is dysfunctional. So as I said, every year, there's no excuse for Aaron Rodgers not to get to the playoffs. But for the Green Bay Packers to get to the NFC Championship game and look as bad as they did again, Raheem Mostert, not Tevin Coleman, not Matt Burita. But when you get gashed by Raheem Mostert for 220 yards, four touchdowns, there's nothing left to be said. As I said, Green Bay knew what was coming. Cleveland Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. underwent hip surgery today to apparently replace, I'm sorry, to repair a hip and a groin injury that he sustained over this past season. Uh, Apparently, I I couldn't tell. He didn't say anything about it. He didn't really say a word, honestly, I guess, until the LSU game on Monday night. But again, we'll get into that here in a second. But of course, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, finished with 74 receptions, 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. So. In my mind, if he was playing through any injury, I couldn't have, you know, really tell. Of course, his stats, you know, you can't put that on him. The progressive commercial guy, it was kind of his fault why he didn't get the football this year. But, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. has been in the news for other things other than his surgery. And as we saw, his post-game antics after the LSU Tigers won the national championship last Monday night in in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome almost landed him in some legal hot water. Now, on Saturday, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver New Orleans police had issued a police warrant for Odell Beckham's arrest on a misdemeanor battery charge. Now, of course, that was coming from the slap that if you haven't seen the video, he they were in the locker room and it looked like the security guard was kind of hassling everybody or whatever he was doing. I doing his job, wasn't doing his job. Again, I don't know because we don't really get context here, but apparently Odell Beckham Jr. slaps him on the butt, kind of like, hey, ease him off. Because like I said, if you look at the video, it wasn't anything intentional. It wasn't like he was trying to like embarrass the guy or really, you know, kind of, you know, hurt intentionally, you know, the security guard, if you will. So it kind of just looked like a, you know, like a, hey, what you doing? What's going on? As a result, an arrest warrant was issued for Odell Beckham Jr. Now, of course, Odell Beckham's lawyer came out and confirmed to USA Today that the that, that warrant has been recalled because no charges against him were sought. And it says, I, I believe that the arrest a warrant was stemming from the post game locker room celebration. On January 13th, 2020 has been recalled. There is no outstanding warrant for Odell Beckham Jr.'s arrest. The security officer involved does not wish to pursue charges in this matter. This legal matter has been resolved. So in the case of Odell Beckham Jr. and the security guard, that situation is resolved. But in the case of Odell Beckham Jr., giving the college football players cash is not. Which if I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't have a problem with when I saw it. Sometimes you see things and you didn't see it. Now, of course, we all saw him give the players money, but shouldn't that what transpire after that football game? I mean, they did just win that football game in the Mercedes, been sold out probably, Superdome in front of all those fans. Isn't that what's supposed to happen? Aren't the players supposed to get paid game? But Clearly, he was drunk, right? But the fact still remains, right? Maybe he had a little money on the game, or maybe he felt like, yo, like, I'm going to get a little dude some bread. He bought out. Justin Jefferson bought out. Jamar Chase bought out. And as a result, I believe he got their jerseys in exchange. So there were a lot of, you know, suspicious things Odell Beckham was doing Monday night. And again, as we all know, the guy was drunk, right? But we don't got to beat him up about it. Again, it was LSU. He from Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, parents went to Louisiana. So this meant a lot to him. This wasn't just him just cutting up like, nah, like he from LSU. But of course, Odell Beckham Jr. Why would it not be television? Again, I didn't have an issue with him giving the players money because, again, I I think that players in the NCAA should be paid. But I also feel like we should be teaching them and educating them on how they should be paid. And, of course, you know, how to spend the money as opposed to just giving them a large lump sum and just saying, here, go spend or, you know, here, figure it out. So in this case, I didn't have an issue with, however, with the security guard, OBJ, hey Odell, you can't be slapping the security guards on the butt. But don't go anywhere. Up next, on from the jump, we'll talk Portland Trail Blazers. Damian Lillard going off for sixty-one points last night. And on today's edition of the wrap up, we'll talk LeBron James and Bronny Jr. Listen up. From the jump. Banana again? What'd you get? Mm -hmm. Tiger got Doritos. Just changing my carrots. Oh, do you homework for the whole week? Hey, Tiger.
1: Okay. Tiger, come here for a minute,
0: please. Straight A's. s hey tiger amateurs Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fresh off the advertisement break. It's your host, Addison Melko. Welcome back to a brand new edition of From the Jump. Man. Episode 100 of From the Jump. Man, we just bit kicking it in the podcast studio right now with my engineer, Eric, on the ones and twos. Hey, yo, Lakers got blown out last night. Yeah, they got blown out by them Celtics. Ooh, 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 ooh. And did you see Jalen, did you see Jalen, uh, Jalen, not Jalen Rose. Did you see Jalen Brown dunk on LeBron last night? Are you crazy? Whew, man. Boston Celtics defeated the Liger last night, 139 to 107. But, of course, we got some breaking news right now. Of course, a story that is uh, uh, coming across the sports wire right now. Antonio Brown apparently is a suspect in a battery probe. Now, it says the police are investigating a possible battery at the home of free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown in Hollywood, Florida. Now, a a police postman uh, told ESPN that Antonio Brown is a suspect in the incident, but there has not been any arrest or anybody charged in this situation. Of course, they did not say that it is a domestic dispute, but they are saying, I guess, there's an active scene right now. Of course, Antonio Brown has kind of just really had a a, a horrible 2019-2020 season. I mean, it started off leaving Pittsburgh, and then, of course, getting with the Raiders, which I was lit. I was turned up, because I was like, yo, we got AB. All Derek Carr needed was a receiver. I felt like we just drafted the running back. We sure up the offensive line. Defensively, I thought we were sound. All we needed was that DC 84 connection, and we were not able to get that. And, of course, then he then he you know, kind of made his bad way out of there. So he forced his way out of Oakland. Then he got with the Patriots for a game. They beat Miami. He was able to score a touchdown, four catches for I think 46 yards or something like that. The only time we were able to see AB in the NFL this year. And now we're at this point. And of course, AB, you know, has, you know kind of done some things. And again, AB is my guy. AB is my guy. And I I typically don't get involved with domestic disputes. So again, this situation just happened. Again, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's coming of this. But this situation just came up. So we just really hope the best... For AB, man. Magic. Of course, NBA scores from last night. The Toronto Raptors defeated the Atlanta Hawks 122 to 117. Trey Young scored a team high 42 points, but ultimately it just wasn't enough as the Toronto Raptors defeated the Atlanta Hawks 122 to 117. The Philadelphia 76ers over the Brooklyn Nets 117 to 111. The Orlando Magic defeated the Charlotte Hornets 106 to 83. The New York Knickerbockers defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers, basically a battle of the two worst teams in the NBA 106 to 86. The Miami Heat defeated the Sacramento Kings 118 to 113. The Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Houston Rockets 112 to 107. The New Orleans Pelicans over the Memphis Grizzlies 126 to 116. Which, by the way, they are saying Zion Williamson will be playing on Wednesday night. So all the if he's gonna be a hype or he's gonna be a bust, one of the two. We about to find out on Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs. A perfect opponent, not the toughest opponent. But an opponent enough that's gonna hey, that's gonna give him a challenge. So we will see. Of course, he'll probably be on a minute restriction. Probably won't play 30 plus minutes. But again, you know the NBA world, we will be watching Zion Williamson's debut on Wednesday. But as I said, the New Orleans Pelicans defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 126 to 116. The first place Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Chicago Bulls 111 to 98. The Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Boston Celtics last night 139 to 107 in an ass whooping like game 32. They got 32 in the garden. Of course, Jason Tatum led the way with 27 points. Of course, not LeBron James' best game, 15 points, 13 assists. Also, had, did have, um, what was that, seven rebounds as well? So, again, not his best game, five or 12 from the field. Anthony Davis, quiet, pedestrian like night last night, nine points, two assists, four rebounds. Of course, um, who else was their team leader last night? JaVale McGee had 18 points. Of course, Rondo off the bench had 13. Caruso didn't really play last night. I- I- again, with this Lakers basketball team, it also is going to come down to every single night LeBron and AD. Of course, this is the, the best kind of two combination we've kind of seen, of course, when Paul George and Kawhi are playing those two, right? But outside of those two, LeBron and Anthony Davis have been the best two combination in the league. But are they are going to have nights like last night? And, of course, they're going to have nights where LeBron gets dunked on like he did last night. And, again, we'll get into him and Bronny in today's edition of the wrap-up. Again, this is still one of the best basketball teams in the league. They're 34-9. Don't get me wrong. Again, this is one game, one night. But this was a statement win for the Boston Celtics, a, a, a win that they needed. For sure. Damien, congratulations. A personal record for you, but also a franchise record with that 61 points tonight. What was that moment like on the free throw? It was a little weird because a couple years ago I had 58 and I got fouled on the three and I missed two out of three and got stuck at 59. And then earlier this year, I had 60, but we lost, so... Dame Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dollar, erupted last night for 61 points and ultimately set a new franchise record. With the 61-point outing, he had a career-best 11 three-pointers made last night. And of course, they were shorthanded last night without their second-best player in C.J. McCollum. But also, the, the Golden State Warriors were as well. Draymond Green didn't play. Of course, Steph Curry. But again, you, you get the, the the many people that were out. And of course, this game went into overtime last night. It was a good game, actually. I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I I saw that we went into overtime. And then that's when I kind of was tuned in, and I was like, oh, damn, Dane went off for how many? we cooking. Now of course prior to last night's game against Golden State and of course they did get the win 129 to 124. However, like I said Damian Lillard's uh 61 last night was his career high, but prior to he had the career high of 60. And of course that was against the Brooklyn Nets. But again, man, shout out to Dame Dollar. Man, this is huge. I mean, of course we love Dame Dollar, but this year the Western Conference is tough. The Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, they got a lock on that A C. Of course, right now they're 19 to 26. So technically they're two, of course, San Antonio's above them, and then Memphis is the A C. So they're two spots away from getting the eighth seed. But again, man, and hey, they're gonna have to turn on the wins. I you know, I know they got Melo. You know, they're gonna have to get healthy. I know all star break is approaching, so you know, you are starting to see teams slowly but surely rev it up. But hey, side of the damn dollars for going off for of sixty-one last night. What are you doing? I just got some new Old Spice body washes for myself. Those aren't for you. Those are for me. Relax. Relax. With lavender. (laughs) Look, this Old Spice stuff, it's for men. (laughs) (laughs) This body wash is for you? Yeah. No, I, I thought. What are you doing? It's for men. No. What are you doing? Can you hear me talking? Are you still watching this? What kind of computer do you have? Bronny James Jr. was in the news yesterday. Now, apparently during his Hoops Hall Classic at Springfield, Massachusetts, yesterday before, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers took on the Boston Celtics, LeBron did attend Bronny James Jr. basketball game. Now, during this game, apparently during the inbounds, there was a... Some type of food or some trash thrown at Bronnie James Jr. Now, of course, judging from the video, if you have not seen the video, of course, it's online for your consumption. But judging from the video, it wasn't food, what it looks like. It looks like it may have been some type of wrapper or some type of napkin of some sort. But it hit Bronnie James Jr. Now, of course, they asked the officer who in the crowd threw it. Of course, nobody gave any cooperation. Nobody knew who it was. Now, we did see on the footage somebody did throw it launch it from a seat now who specifically did it i don't know what it looks like is it was a child now of course lebron james has some strong words afterwards y'all take I don't know if he learned that on his own or he learned that at home or whatever the case may be but it's disrespectful um i wonder how old that kid is uh, you know if he was the age around Bronny's age or or bryce's age of course any parent should feel like this i mean anytime during a sporting event when somebody has the nerve to throw some I feel like that's just disrespectful. And at the same time, too, and here's my point that I've been making about basketball, which is completely different than football and all, all the other sports. I feel like basketball is the only sport that is way too close to the game. Every other sport has some type of barricade, some type of gate around its arena that protects its players and everybody on the field from everything off of it. From really fans really yelling at you, from you know fans really throwing things, from anything Anything confrontational between a fan and the athletes, whether not it's football, whether not it's hockey, whether not it's baseball, hell, whether not it's soccer, track and field. So there are other sports that make sure that the fan and players are separated from these kind of situations happening. Now, again, you can't prevent somebody from throwing something onto the quarter. you can't prevent somebody from throwing something onto the field. However, I feel like personally basketball and, and the fans are too way too close to each other. Personally, again, I've never played basketball in my life outside of on the streets, you know, that kind of deal. But personally, just from watching the game as much as I do, going to plenty of AAU games, high school games, that kind of stuff, I feel like the court almost should be elevated, right? Like the court, like remember on March Madness, typically how they do for the Final Four, they elevate the court so that the court it almost sits above and then everybody else is kind of on the outside. I feel like that's how basketball should be. I don't feel like it should be where the players and the athletes and the fans are really just right next to each other because – These situations happen all the time. And though we think it's a kid, it could have very well been a grown man that had the nerve to throw something at Bronnie James Jr. So, again, of course, I don't think anything else probably will come of this. But, again, this was just some news last night on a slow Martin Luther King Day. But it's your host, Addison, episode 100 of From the Jump. As I said earlier, man, thank you for everybody tapping into your boy. We are streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Stitcher. Pie, Bean, Deezer, wherever podcasts are distributed, that's where we are, so definitely tap into us. Of course, more podcasts on the way, but it's your host, episode 100 of From the Jump. We out.